Hey, stop. You. Yes, you. Stop what you're doing right now and just take seven seconds to do something for me. What's that? Go to your favorite podcasting app, search for Good Morning Liberty, and hit that subscribe button. So I can just hit a button that says subscribe and I'll get the podcast? You will. Really? And then you'll enjoy it. Well, that sounds great. See ya. Bye. Morning Liberty. Well, hello and a happy Constitution Day to you, my friend Charlie Thompson. How are you? It is Constitution Day. Man, it's what it's it's our favorite day of the year. Now we we'll spend the rest of the day privately with our families celebrating, but today we have to bring a very Constitution packed episode of Good Morning Liberty. That's right. This is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. Hit that. What button do they need to hit, Charlie? The subscribe button. That's it. That's subs- Charlie's only going to sing today and everything, including the preamble here later. He'll sing it for you. Exactly. Yeah. So hit that subscribe button. It's going to take you just, it, it just takes like a couple, couple extra inches for your finger to just reach on up there and hit it. It's not that big of a deal, but for us, it's a big deal because then you'll get our podcast every single day automatically. You will not have to think about going out and getting it. It's just already going to be there. It doesn't cost you any money. It's if just there. Ever, yeah. If you're like, man, who are those two really awesome guys talking about Liberty that I like a lot? Uh, you don't have to draw a blank. No. You you've remember. already hit that subscribe button. Well, I recommend that people do that for sure. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about, once again, the Constitution, maybe some Bill of Rights, maybe some of the different amendments inside of that Bill of Rights. Uh, we're also going to mention this really cool story about Walmart opening a healthcare center. I like them more and more every single day. I'll tell you what, a lot of people yeah. go around hating Walmart all the time. And, you know, like people say, I'm not going to shop at Walmart because I hate them. I'm always like, why? I love those guys. Yeah. They employ like over 2 million people. I tell you what, I really like them, but I don't hardly ever go in. Oh, there. yeah, I won't go there. They suck. No yeah. way. No way. <laughs> Not that they suck. <laughs> what they're doing, I just it, it just takes longer. I went there to get some stuff yesterday, actually, after I left, and it was a terrible decision. It took so much longer. Yes. I wish I would have gone to Kroger or Publix or something like that. Um, but The thing about it is I'm rich enough not to shop at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> and and Charlie caught wind of this old tweet from President Trump having to do with Saudi Arabia. So I did. We'll have to. Do you want to mention that real quick? Yeah. So if you haven't listened to yesterday, the yesterday's episode, go back and uh, take a gander at it. And we talked about uh, the war with Iran that seems to be looming over our heads because just what we need is another war. Uh, even though John Bolton was fired, you still have Mike Pompeo and everybody out there that's just itching to go to war with Iran because that's a good idea. <laughs> and what's hilarious is uh, over the weekend, Donald Trump had mentioned that the United States was locked and loaded and just waiting on word from the kingdom of what we should do to help back them. Well, five years earlier in 2014, Trump had tweeted that Saudi Arabia should take care of their own wars. <laughs> and if they wanted U.S. support, then they should pay us lots of money. And then he put trillion. It's, so it, isn't that one are we of, getting paid lots of money to protect Saudi Arabia's wealth? I don't know. Now everyone's saying we have to do it to protect the petrodollar. We've got to protect that. Oh, but well, isn't this one of the things that we were talking about, that we go around providing defense for all of these countries, basically, and they can all they can all spend less time and money on defense all the time because they know we're going to be there to back them. Yeah. And here we are going bankrupt. And that's been one of the things that Trump's been out there talking about that I agree with was that these countries are going to have to start paying for their own darn military, Mm -hmm. you know, and here we go. We get a country that potentially uh, was attacked by Iran, probably was. I think they decided it was now. And we're just locked and loaded, waiting to go. So let us know when you need us. Yeah, we're up to what, 900 billion on Department of Defense now? Something like that? It's a little lower than that, I think, but it's around there. 750 billion? Yes, it's it's in the 800s somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. 800 billion. I didn't want to get accused of. Billion dollars. I didn't want to accuse of over exaggerating the budget or anything. Remember, it's much lower than we think, I guess. (laughs) So. Now, just so you know, that 800 billion dollars is not over 10 years. 
No, that's a that's, that's a year. That's per year, by the way, on the military. Not that the military shouldn't get paid, by the way, because people in the military should get paid. However, <laughs> that's a a small, tiny sliver of the military. Exactly. <laughs> we have what one point five million soldiers, something like that. Yeah, we've got over a thousand bases everywhere. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's where a lot of the money's going is upkeep, and just all this money flowing out that we have bases in hundreds of countries, and. We're just out there providing defense for the entire world off of our dollars. God, help me with a salary real quick. I mean, you could literally pay everyone in the military like almost a million dollars a year for $800 billion. Well, if it were 1.5 million soldiers, then if you were going to pay them, well, I think it's going to end up being being a little less than, than what I said almost. That'd be like a... That'd be in the trillions for sure. But well, so if you had a million soldiers getting paid a million dollars a year, that's a trillion. Right? Yeah. A million million. Yeah. Is that yeah. a trillion? How many I believe zeros? that's that's the proper amount of zeros. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, you could pay close to half a million. Yeah. Pay every member in the military close to half a million for $800 billion. Let's do it. I'm related to one of them, so I'm all for it. Yes. That's <laughs> per year, by the way. Uh, what did you but, just knock over But right you know, there? that that money doesn't go to the soldiers. No, 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 no. They still make, what, what do you start out when you enlist, like $25,000? Yeah, you're making like a teacher salary, basically. Yeah. Something like that. And then most of that money goes towards, uh, I don't know, protecting Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> Defense for <laughs> other nations yeah. is what it goes. It goes into overly priced airplanes is yeah. what, it, what it goes into. Because when the government's paying for something, there's no reason to ever have the costs lower whatsoever. That's why we end up paying like you know, a billion dollars for a plane at some point in time when in fact, in the, if it were like operating in the free market and they were a whole bunch of business people trying to buy this plane, it probably would have cost, you know, like a million bucks, right? something like that. It's when the you end up having government planes that probably have $50,000 toilet seats, things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, they end up ordering parts that they don't need for planes that they don't use. Now, if you do that with your own business, that's called money laundering. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, it's not a good thing. Not not good math whatsoever. The only way, in fact, you could do that is if you could forcefully take money from people without their consent. That's the only way you'd be Mm -hmm. able to do it. Uh, Other than that, if you were trying to get people to freely give you money for value exchange, you would have to be looking for lower prices. But there's no incentive to look for lower prices when you can take whatever amount of money from people you want to take from them. Now, a lot of people say taxation is not theft, but you know what? I saw this meme the other day. I was having a discussion with uh, my cousin's husband, if you follow that. So a cousin of mine, her husband. Cousin-in-law. Yes. Cousin. Cousins-in-law. And his name's Matt. He's a good guy. And uh, we disagree on some things. And he's, you know, he has some pretty libertarian stances, but he's still a big Bernie fan. And you see that. You know, there's some Ron uh, Paul supporters that a, went over to Bernie's A libertarian camp. socialist. But he was talking about how how taxation's not theft, That, and this meme was talking about tax revenue. And I just made the comment that taxes cannot be revenue, because revenue, if you look up the definition of revenue, it's income. Yeah. For, and then you look up the definition of income, and income is money you get from work or investments. Mm. So Not from theft. Yeah, not mm. from it. No, theft wasn't in there, by the way. <laughs> Webster did not put theft in there. So it's not tax revenue. Yeah, it's as if you had like... They call it that to make it sound better. Like you had a really big art thief in history and you were like, oh yeah, his uh, yearly net revenue was really high. Yeah. No, that was something he was stealing. Right, you know? his, that, his net theft. Yeah, you would not call that revenue when talking about no. that person. The people in Ocean's Eleven did not make a uh, $11 million per person revenue. No. They, they stole that much. You don't so. see scrolling across your news, you know, breaking news, local man, uh, nets $100,000 revenue from the bank tonight. Uh, local burglar increases his <laughs> net revenue by $5,000. Yeah. No, that's not what you hear at all. Wow. That'd be funny though. Well, <laughs> we <did. laughs> we should make a like, news channel that yeah. says stuff like that. He was like, Hey Nate, uh, Nate's on scene and uh, he's there down at the local bank. Nate, how's it going outside? <laughs> well, Charlie, I'm down here at the scene where, as you can see this, this cunning and, and shrewd thief came down to this person's house and gathered 
a much higher net revenue than he had been gathering the nights before. And the people here, well, they're they're not very happy about it, but, um, you know, I don't think you can call it theft because it was income, yeah. you know? You just can't call it. Back to you, Charlie. Oh, well, his revenue went up. Well, uh, that's all we have. We hope you guys have a good night tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no. Up. You're not going to have that. No, that doesn't all. happen. That doesn't exist. So <laughs> that's a little simple thing to where I get that people don't like saying taxation and stuff. So, well, we got public services and roads and blah, 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 blah. But I think definitions are important. Yeah. Words are important. Now, in, important. Our, in our presentation that we're giving for Young Americans for Liberty uh, at the, well, it's not this weekend, but the following weekend. Next in, weekend. In Detroit. Yes. If you're not going to that... Um, then you're not as cool as the people who are going to that. So you should look into it. You really should. Go to yaliberty.org. They're a really great organization, but we're going to be giving this presentation. And it, a lot of it has to do about how to conduct an argument with someone that you disagree with. One of the arguments that I pointed out is not a good argument, by the way, Charlie. And it's, it's, this is unpopular for libertarians. Taxation is theft is not a great argument. Like when you're talking to people who completely disagree with you, who have never thought about this before, it's not really a great argument to start with, really. Because the first thing that they hear is, oh, so you're an, you're an anarchist? You don't think there should be any government whatsoever? Mm-hmm. Like, so, oh, so how are we going to have fire departments? You know, th- things like that. So, which, by the way, someone, a listener, sent me a link. There are actual private fire departments popping up. Wow. Yeah, I don't have the link with me right now, but it, um, someone did send me that. We'd never heard about that or discussed it before, but yeah, just straight up website talking about these private fire departments. That's pretty cool. I love it. I love it. So anyway, what people hear when they hear you say taxation and theft is that you're an anarchist, you don't want any government, that none of the services, the roads, the schools, all this stuff, it's all going to be gone and we're just going to be living in Somalia, basically. So it's not a great argument to start off with with someone. Like, hey, do you know taxation is theft? And then they're they're just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, why don't you just go live in Somalia? Now, I was able to have the conversation with my cousins-in-law because we've had many talks. Yeah, I mean. And so he he understands. In fact, I didn't even say taxation is theft. He replied to me and said taxation is not theft. Yeah. I didn't he, even bring it up. He knew where you were going to go. Yes. He, tried to jump, he tried to jump you on that conversation speaking of our presentation next weekend i hope you've been practicing have you been practicing that i have been practicing i actually ran through the presentation today just to time it and see how long it was i i tried to record video of me going through the presentation and i was using youtube to record the video i accidentally broadcast it live while i was doing it that to tell you the truth I, i did broadcast it live on youtube and there was something wrong with the audio the whole time. And I'm just giving them, giving this presentation, just killing it. Yeah. And unfortunately... Well, I did a good job writing it. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And unfortunately, <laughs> I did not kill it on the audio setup for it. Gotcha. So, but yeah, we're, we uh, got this presentation all lined out. I think it's going to sound pretty good. It's it, Our time allotment is 45 minutes, and the presentation literally clocked in at 45 minutes. I was not watching the time. That's right where it clocked in. But we want to leave a little bit of time to talk, so we might have to cut some stuff out. We're going to have to cut those poor kulaks out of the presentation. Yeah. Man. You're going to have to do your own history lesson. Those guys always get cut out of history. <laughs> feel so bad for them. But hey. Well, speaking of the kulaks, we have the Constitution now. <laughs> <laughs> it's Constitution Day. It is. What does that mean to you? Well, it means to me, you know, there's there's... There's a lot of different thinking about the Constitution. We've got a little bit of a backwards idea of it today. A lot of people look at the Constitution as if it were this list of rights that the government came up with that they were going to allow you to have. And that's just kind of their basic overview of what the Constitution is. When, in fact... Because a lot of times people talk about your constitutional right. Yeah, your constitutional right. No. Right. So that this meaning has been attached to it where the Constitution gave the American people the right to, to these things, the right to privacy, the right to free speech, the right to bear arms, all these things. So the Constitution gave these people the right, when in fact it's, it's the exact opposite. The, the, all the, the Constitution states and what the Founding Fathers recognized was that we have these rights as individuals naturally just because we exist. They didn't give anyone rights. These were not a list of rights that they gave to people. These were a list of rights that they said, we think that these are rights that are inherent to you that were 
given to you by your creator, their natural rights. And what we're going to do is we're going to form a, a government and it's going to protect those rights and make sure that no one takes those rights away from you. And then we're going to write out this list of things to restrict this entity that we're creating called the government. And that's what the Constitution is. Now, how did they know that we had these rights? Well, I don't know how you would know that they have the rights. I mean, they're pretty... I, I know. They're pretty basic rights. What, what do you think? Well, so what most people don't know is that the Constitution was not a revolutionary document. Mm-mm. The Constitution was uh, probably close to 900 years in the making. Yeah. That's how they knew that we had these rights. It all extended from basic English common law. And back in the, God, 1200s probably, English common law started where <laughs> people started to have, uh, or, or at least uh, a king started to recognize some basic human rights. Now, this all stems from... Uh, in large part due to Christianity, because for the first time, at least for we know in written texts, and I've gone over some of this before when we talked about the Declaration of Independence, uh, in large part due to Christianity, which we know is the first time in texts where people are made in the image of God. Now, what doesn't matter what you believe, what matters is, is that for the first time in human history that we know of, even though things didn't happen right away, we have actual documentation of people being likened to uh, divinity. Uh, whereas before divinity was only reserved for your Pharisees and your Kings and your, your Aztec leaders or whatever they were, they were either gods themselves or they were chosen by God, uh, where everyone else was just, they were just peasants, you know, and that lasted for a really long time. And so when it came out that everyone was made in the image of God, that means that everyone had intrinsic value. And what does intrinsic mean? Well, that means inherent to your nature. Like simply because you're human, you have value. Well, so English common law started to stem from that. And what happened was, is over 900 years uh, close to that we know of, um, those rights were recognized uh, for the people and then they were taken away, recognized, taken away, recognized, taken away. We had the Magna Carta. We had, um, there was, uh, I don't know, King John's list of rules or whatever that he had to abide by to make sure that he didn't. Uh, overstep other people's rights or overstep your intrinsic rights. And this went back and forth for a very, very, very long time. And when America was founded, the reason America was founded is because the King of England was usurping his power and authority over the colonists, um, uh, inherent rights, their English common law rights to be left alone, to have representation, uh, no taxation without representation and things like that. And so the king was overstepping his bounds. So America obviously fought a war. We won. And then what were they going to do with this new country? And we started off with the Articles of Confederation. There ended up being a lot of issues with that. We're not going to dive too deep into that. But there were a lot of issues with the Articles of Confederation because each state is a sovereign state. It's basically a sovereign, if you will, nation. And what they did was, is they decided to come together and create the constitution. Now in that constitution, the reason why we have our rights listed in the constitution is because the, the colonists knew what the evils of government were capable of. And what they were trying to do was to list some enumerated powers that the federal central government could have, but also what those enumerated powers were supposed to do is to limit the scope and the power of the federal government. And in fact, the constitution was passed before there are ever any amendments, which lists the personal rights. And the reason why that happened is because, uh, guys like Thomas Jefferson and those, uh, feared that if they did not list those rights, then government would overstep them, which they've already tried to do and yeah. they're already doing even though they're actually listed well, they where start, the government can't well they started a lot of people don't know that the constitution was written 
what, like 10 years after the Declaration of Independence. I think people lump them in together. It was at 1787 mm-hmm. um, and on this day in, in history, 1787. And before that, they had the Articles of Confederation. Yep. That's, that's what they threw out there real quick. As soon as they won the war, got the South here, got these states together, the colonies together, they said, we got to throw this out here and make sure that the government doesn't start to just blow up or anything. We have to we have to throw this out mm-hmm. here, limit the government, lim- limit the power, set out a really basic, basic rules for for the government, not for the people, for the government. And then let's start writing the Constitution. And so I, I think, like you said, like, how do you know that they're natural rights? If you think about some of them for a minute, you know, first off, even if you were even if you were going to ask the question, well, how do you know that it's restrictions on the government and not on the people, or a list of rights that were given to the people? Well, in in the rights, like even in the in the First Amendment, it's going to say, the Congress shall make no law. That's that's the first thing it that's <clears throat> one of the first things it says, and so it's it's automatically starting off with this. This is a rule for Congress, not for the people. So Congress shall make no law taking these rights away from people, the natural rights. And I mean, yeah, it doesn't say these United States will grant the citizens. No, the no freedom of speech. No, it says you have these rights naturally and Congress shall make no law taking those right. rights away from you. We're going to try to ensure that the government cannot. And I mean, just think about them really simply. Like if, if you're asking, like, well, how do you know that these are natural rights? Well, just think about a few of them, like the right to your freedom of religion. I mean, don't you as a free individual, I mean, have the right to be whatever religion you want to be? I mean, that's a pretty simple one, right? The freedom of speech, don't you have the right to... No, I did read earlier, the freedom of speech meant more so not speech between people, it meant speech from people to the government was specifically not supposed to be limited and or kept it, down. If you read Benjamin Franklin, it's it's really based on the freedom of thought. Yeah. Because if you don't have the freedom of speech, the freedom of expression, then you don't have the freedom of thought. You can't try new ideas. Yeah. And it's like the right to bear arms. I mean, that's a basic fundamental question. Do you as a human being, when placed in danger, do you as a human being have a right to defend yourself? Do you have a right to protect yourself? Are you just supposed to take the punches on the chin? Are you just like, at that point in time when it was written is... Is, was the basic idea that when something bad happened to you, you were supposed to write a notarized letter to 911. Like, <laughs> is that what you were supposed to do? Like, no, you you protect yourself. And we all know that if someone breaks into your house, if something like that happens, I mean, it takes a long time for police officers to get there. It, we told the story Charlie and I had before. We had to call the cops uh, one time in the past when someone basically said they were going to pull a gun on us. Went this, their, by the way, this was almost 10 years ago when Nashville wasn't even close to what yeah, it is now. Yeah. Went, went to their truck to pull the gun. We immediately called 911, and it took them 45 minutes for a police officer to get there after we told them that someone was pulling a gun on us. And he ended up stabbing his wife. And yeah, guy had guy had time to go in and stab his wife in the process. So it that's just a small example. So you, you can't just be expected to wait on the police, but that's not even the purpose of the Second Amendment. That's one side of it. The other is that the people need to be armed so that the government does not become too powerful and does not become tyrannical. They knew this, obviously, because look at where they were coming from. Look what they had just done in fighting a war to stop their tyrannical oppression from England. Look what they were doing. They were doing this very specifically to make sure that the people could have guns so that if something were to happen again, where the government became tyrannical, that the people would be able to get themselves out of it again. And I think we've, we've got quite a bit of guns out there. There's, there's several, there's several guns out there. So I think enough for about three per household. Yeah. So we've, um, we've got the gun part. We've got the gun part covered. What about like your right to privacy? Like if me and you were talking, I mean, don't we, isn't it just pretty common sense that you and I have the right to have our privacy when we're talking, mm-hmm. I guess? I mean, apparently not. I mean, the, the, we'll probably in our in our day, in our lifetime, we might see a day where Edward Snowden's on trial for treason and potentially gets the death penalty or spends the rest of his life in prison. He might still be in prison whenever we're whenever we're about ready to kick the bucket. So, even though he should be a hero. Yeah, even though there should be a statue of the guy. 
outside of every city hall in America. But so we we know that there that you have a right to privacy. And one, one of the best ones, shout out to the Tenth Amendment Center, who by the way, um, think thanks guys, really great place, really really great place, Tenth Amendment Center. Any of the rights that are not laid out there, say in the uh, you know duties given to Congress, it just goes to the states. That's mm-hmm. the states are supposed to take care of it. So when you hear people say, "Well, I think that's a states issue," that comes from the Tenth Amendment. And the Tenth so, Amendment says that any any powers not delegated to the federal government is left to the states and to the people. Yeah. So whenever we're talking about what about the right to a, a free and fair or right to a fair trial? Yeah, there's a, a jury there, of your peers. There's a few amendments having to do with trial. Guilty. Yeah. There's a few. There are five, six, and seven. I think all have to do with. Mm-hmm with a trial and criminal proceedings and imprisonment, things like that. Let's not forget the most important amendment, the third amendment. You should be allowed to quarter soldiers whenever they come to your house. I mean, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> remember that guy, the young Americans for Liberty. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, no, you don't, you're not allowed to quarter soldiers. You don't have to. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. You don't yeah. have to. My bad. My bad. You don't have to allow soldiers <laughs> to overtake your house. Yeah. That's, I just uh, remember the guy coming up to me. He's like, "You got, yeah, I'm a big." No one ever talks about the Third Amendment. <laughs> I'm a big Third Amendment supporter. <laughs> <laughs> well, they put that in there because it's in history. That's what they did a lot. I mean, uh, obviously, you saw. Have you ever seen the movie The Patriot? Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, General, we should get sponsorship uh, dollars from Cornwallis them. takes over this house. You know, yeah, and it's a nice house, and because he's a lord or whatever, like they take over people's things. That's what they used to do in war. I mean, war was all about raping and pillaging and just disgusting things yeah so it makes sense that they would put that in there like hey you're not you don't have to give up your house so how do we get to a point now where we're talking about just say the second amendment as if it's something let's just say they're going to this idea that they're going to take it away that that speaks to the idea that it was something that was given to us in the first place, that it was a right that was given to people by the government. And that's the only way they would be able to take it away is if if it were a right that they gave us. But in fact, it's not a right that they gave us. It's a, it's a right that we were born with to be able to protect ourselves and they can't take it away. All that they could do is say that they're no longer going to protect you in they're no longer going to protect that right for you. They're not going to stop other people from taking it away from you. But even with them, if they were to delete the Second Amendment all of a sudden, just wipe it off the hard drive, you know, you still have a right to defend yourself. You still have a right to bear arms. It just means the, that the government's no longer protecting that right for you. It doesn't mean mm. that you don't have the right to it anymore. Well, what about restrictions? You know, because people say... Well, there's restrictions on freedom of speech. And so shouldn't there be restrictions on the other rights that you have? Like, shouldn't you have rights within reason? Well, so let me tell you one thing that I that I did hear recently that I can get. I could make a compromise on. If you'll give me a minute here, oh, God. if you'll give me a minute. So I was listening to I the didn't Ben Shapiro. I didn't know this was coming. I was listening to, uh, I was listening to Ben Shapiro. We had Piers Morgan on there. Did you hear a Sunday special with Piers Morgan? Mm-mm. So they were talking about the Second Amendment. And Piers Morgan did a great job, by the way, of doing what we're talking about people should do when they're making an, an argument with someone, which is just try to get them to go a little bit of the way. So... When talking about guns in the Second Amendment, Pierce Morgan didn't just come out and start saying, well, we should ban this and ban that and ban, you know, ban assault weapons, all this stuff. He didn't come out and say that. All he said was, you know, we saw this video of this family and this little girl that was at a gun range and her her parents gave her a, an automatic weapon and let her shoot in the range and she lost control of it and ended up killing the, uh, ended up killing the instructor. I saw that. And she was like, she was maybe 10 years old, something like that. So what he said was, couldn't there at least be a rule saying that if you're under the age of 16, then you can't operate a weapon? As a, as in, we have that rule of, about cars, or we make the rule about, which I'm not saying I'm with all the rules about smoking or drinking or anything like that, but we have all these restrictions on age for smoking, drinking, all these different things, even entering in the contracts, 
things like that. <coughs> would it be would it would it be against the Constitution if you made a rule saying that that someone who was not an adult was not? What the heck was that? That was a butter knife. <laughs> would it be against the Constitution if you made a law saying that an underage person could not operate a weapon or even an automatic weapon? I don't think the government should be able to do that. That that should come from the discretion of the parents. Yeah, I still you're under the care as a minor. You're under the care of the of the parent. I still fall down on that. I think the only thing there would be room for is possibly a endangerment or neglect uh, <clears throat> criminal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, because when you're giving a ten year old an automatic weapon, and uh, if I remember right, it was an actual fully automatic weapon, and it was like yeah. pulled and lost lost control of. Um. When you're giving a ten-year-old something like that, um, you know, would you would you be able to be charged with neglect if you asked your ten-year-old to drive you home because you were drunk, or or something like that? Yeah. Um, you know, if you had your eight-year-old daughter holding the shingles on the roof while you were nailing them in, like, and well, there it, is a, you know, so in that <clears throat> specific scenario, there is a victim, right? Yeah, there is a victim here. Yeah. So clearly, there should be some type of restitution and also think. the girl by the way i mean she's gonna have this with her her whole life yes that she killed someone and she probably you know error on the parents there should not have been allowed to operate that weapon i would say i'm i yeah, and look as a responsible gun owner you're responsible for wherever that bullet goes yeah and you know? so and if your kid does it, you're responsible for your kid. And so the where I would, where I think we get in the weeds is if you're at a gun range. Let's say you're at a gun range, and you, uh, an adult, lose control of your weapon and you drop it, something like that. A, a bullet fires and it kills someone at the gun range. Are you criminally responsible at that point in time for murder or any kind of uh, I don't know whatever manslaughter? I'd say manslaughter. Yeah, at that point in time, yeah. accidental murder. That's what that is. Okay, I'm responsible for that. I want to check to see because I don't know if the people who went into the gun range were in at that time basically waiving their right to safety at that time because they were at a gun range. You know, I, I don't know if you can can still consider that a criminal offense i don't i don't know it's something an accident that happened at a gun range you know it is an accident yes but what could you you would have to probably prove beyond a reasonable doubt that there was carelessness involved well you do involuntary manslaughter at that point in time right i think is what would happen now the problem is you can't charge a 10 year old child with that so there's going to be something for, and we'd have to look it up. I mean, this is an old story. I probably should have, I didn't really plan on talking about it today, but we have to look it up and see if the parents were held criminally responsible for that person's death. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, all that goes to say, Piers Morgan did a good job only bringing that up and asking Ben Shapiro, would you be in favor of putting age restrictions in the way that we put age restrictions on a, on a car or something like that? And at that, he can get Ben Shapiro to say, well, yeah, yeah, I'd be in favor of that. So, you know, I get that. So that's a and, good way to make an argument. That's a great example of a way to, to, to conduct a debate. I will say principally, because you can come up with these, you know, one-off scenarios that never happen, basically. I mean, statistically, that's never happened. Yeah. It did happen, but statistically... That's one one time, and how many times do people go to gun ranges and that yeah, happen? Yeah, yeah. So I think a better principled stance would be that things like freedom of speech and your right to keep and bear arms and your right to privacy, your right to protest, all of that, your rights end where another person's rights begin. So you have this whole thing, you know, even AOC brought this up, that there are normal restrictions or reasonable restrictions on, let's say the freedom of speech. For instance, you can't yell fire in a theater. It's a famous Supreme court case. Yeah. Now, why is that? Because yelling fire itself is not necessarily a crime. What happens though, is you are actively causing harm to others because now you could yell fire in a theater, but if it causes uh, a panic and people are injured or or they die as a result 
of there not actually being a fire in there. Yeah. You've created something else. So your right to yell fire ended when you caused harm to somebody else. Yeah. Your right to protest ends when you use violence. Your right to protest ends when you impede somebody else's uh, right to travel. Your right to bear arms ends when you shoot someone you're not supposed to. Yeah. (laughs) When you're not actively defending yourself, you can't. It doesn't say you have the right to bear arms and go on a rampage. That's not what it is. Like your that right ends when you impede the rights of others. So a, a principled stance on these when it comes to reasonable restrictions on your rights is that your rights end where another person's begins because you can't you can't go into somebody else's house, let's say, and say whatever you want. Yeah. Like and you the, have the freedom of speech, yes, but they have the the freedom of private property. Yeah. Right? So I can't go into somebody else's house and demand whatever I want or say whatever I want if they don't want me to, it's because like, I'm on their property. You can't come on our Facebook page and say whatever you want. No. We we do have restrictions. It's our mother Facebook page. Just like that right there. We do have restrictions on speech on our Facebook page because we like to portray it as a place where people come to speak calmly and quietly (laughs) about things. Um, when in fact, a lot of people just go on there and throw out a bunch of obscenities and insults and terrible things. And I've selected words that I don't want to pop up on the page because that makes the entire movement look bad. And if you're not going to have the self-control to, uh, look past your anger and hatred and your, ability to just say stupid stuff all the time. If you're not going to have that kind of self-control, then we're going to at least put a filter on it. That way, when people go to look at this Liberty page, it's not just a bunch of people calling people names that, you know, we don't even want to repeat on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So we do have restrictions on that. Now, does that restrict people's freedom of speech? No, that's our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. You have the right to say whatever you want, but not in using someone else to do that, meaning not even on Facebook. Right. Because you you did not make Facebook. Someone else made Facebook. You didn't code all that stuff. Someone else did that. Someone else made that expense and continues the investment to keep it going. So you don't have the right to use Facebook for whatever you want because it's not yours. So yeah, they can restrict things whenever they want to, and we restrict things on our page. That's a difference. That doesn't really go against people's freedom of speech because your freedom of speech cannot impede on someone else's on someone else's rights, like what Charlie's saying Mm -hmm. on on our property rights of our page or on Facebook's property rights of their website. So that's there are restrictions on that. So how do we get to the point where we can get people to to think about the Constitution? in the manner that it was actually written as restrictions on the government, not restrictions on the people. Because this this argument gets pretty dangerous when we start talking about the Second Amendment, Second Amendment, uh, and people deciding that they're going to ignore it and all that. And at the whole time, this underlying truth is that we have this natural right, regardless of what your arguments are, regardless of what's going on in the debate, or regardless of what policies even get passed, we still have the natural right to defend ourselves. The The only thing that changes is whether or not we're going to have to defend that right ourselves or if the government's going to defend that right for us. So uh, how do we get to the point where people can actually think about this logically? I mean, we don't teach the Constitution as much as we used to. You know, people, I think, have kind of written off the Constitution, in my opinion. It's even, a, I mean, even when we were in school, it was decent government class, but it still wasn't. It wasn't good. Yeah. One one common misconception I would say that a lot of people have is they believe that the federal government is the supreme rulers, let's say. That you have your local government, then you have your state government, and then the federal government is supreme over that. A lot of people confuse that because of this whole thing called the supremacy clause. So the supremacy clause states in the Constitution, by the way, uh, and to answer your question one way, people probably need to actually read the Constitution. Yeah. Um, and then aside from that, if you want to go deeper, you can read the uh, the Federalist and the Anti-Federalist papers that go along with the Constitution. You can see the writers of the Constitution, the founders like James Madison and, and Thomas Jefferson and those guys, what they actually wrote. Now, a lot of it or Alexander Hamilton, a lot of it is, quote unquote, anonymous, but they know 
kind of who wrote certain things to go along with that. And what, what these do is they coincide with what their thoughts were in uh, the debates that happened during the Constitution when it was being ratified and when they were actually drafting it and what their actual um, the, the thoughts behind why they wrote what they wrote. That gives you a deeper understanding of what they were actually trying to accomplish. Is there like a 21st century version of the constitution out there? Like a, like a 21st century translation. Someone needs to do that, you know? Yeah. Like emojis and LOL. I will say one, one person that you can follow since you like podcasts and you listen to podcasts is a a lady by the name of Chris Ann Hall. K R I S just one S. Yeah. Yeah. Chris K R I S. A-N-N-E, Chris Ann Hall. She has a podcast radio show. She also has a a university. I think it's called, um, is it Liberty First University? Something like that. Um, But she is a a constitutional lawyer and teaches a lot of these things. And the the biggest misconception, again, that I was talking about was the supremacy clause. And in the Constitution, there is a clause, I believe it's in... um, I believe it's in article one. See, I'd have to go look it up, which I've, I have read the constitution many times, but there is a supremacy clause where I, I know it states that it says this constitution and the United States laws made in pursuance thereof shall be the supreme law of the land. Now, a lot of people misinterpret that to say that the constitution and the United States code are the supreme law of the land, but they miss a very important piece of that supremacy clause that when it says the United States law, there is a, a, um, what do you call that? There's an, I, there's a, there's a explanation of what those United States laws have to abide by. And what it means is when it says made in pursuance thereof, the United States laws have to be made in pursuance of the constitution, which means, which goes back to what Thomas Jefferson or Thomas Jefferson, I believe said in one of the Federalist papers, probably number 49 or something like that. You can look it up. He said, any law, uh, contrary to the constitution is null and void, which means if they make a law that is not made in pursuance of the constitution or is not, or is contrary to the constitution, then it's no law at all. So the, so only the United States code that is made in pursuance of the constitution is the supreme law of the land. I think I was doing some reading on it while you were talking what a lot of people would take the supremacy clause to mean on its face is that the federal government is supreme and has all the power. But what they were trying to get across was that even if the states made a law that was against the Constitution, say the states made a law that took away your right to bear arms, mm-hmm. then the supremacy clause comes into effect saying that you cannot exactly. make a law that goes against the Constitution. You're getting it. So that's what the supremacy clause is, mm-hmm. just so you know. Right. So, um, But a lot of people misconstrue that to say, well, the federal... I mean, even I learned that in school. I remember yeah. taking government in high school. The, like we had this whole chart where it's like local government, state government, then federal government. The federal government was on top, and that's not the case. Yeah, it's not the case. Your state governments are actually supposed to be more powerful than the federal government. Yeah, and they can be if they had some balls. <laughs> the, the problem is the federal government takes a bunch of money away from everyone and then yep. holds it over people's heads and say that you have to do this or we won't give you this money. God, I'd love to be governor that's one what day it or is. something. That's like a, just a governor should be like the most important office uh-huh. to hold the most powerful office what to they hold should do is they for should state you know taxation is theft but what they should start out doing is they should flip you know so like out of your paycheck your taxes get taken out but it goes to the state and then your state decides if they want to send the money to the federal government or not yeah that'd be awesome yep that'd be so awesome unfortunately it happens the the other way around yeah and they hold your state's ransom and they just give in but i'd love to be governor one day and be like yeah we're gonna flip this whole thing around we need another like schoolhouse rock out there Mm -hmm. teaching people stuff because charlie and i both remember the preamble to the constitution Mm -hmm. and i act like i have it memorized word for word i'm singing the song in my head beforehand we the people in order to form a more perfect union (laughs) you're singing it now establish justice and ensure domestic tranquility provide for the common defense promote the general welfare oh by the way it says promote (laughs) The general not welfare, establish. not provide the right. general welfare. It says promote the general welfare, but it does say provide. Yeah, for the common defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Or you wanted me to keep going, or yeah. are you going now? Yeah. Uh, where are we at? Um, let's see. I'm singing the song in my head. Provided confidence. Um, to ourselves. Crap, to ourselves and our posterity to ordain and establish this constitution, this constitution for the United States, States of America. America. Yeah. So everyone go look up the uh, <laughs> the schoolhouse rock version of the preamble to the Constitution. It's so good. So, so good. I'm just a bill. <laughs> we need more stuff because like now those those cartoons kind of look ridiculous. Mm. You know, they're pretty old. Um, they were pretty old when we were watching them, actually. So although I don't know if kids care honestly no i don't know if kids care about that i think my son would like it Maybe i think I'll we have we have all the animated stuff because artists got lazy that's that's really uh, all it is they got sick of drawing stuff over and over well again. you know but also <laughs> the the technology wasn't so where it is today are we following the constitution right now charlie no no nope not not our federal government has become way bigger than what the constitution ever intended and you know how one way that they've done this is by establishing all of these agencies all kinds of agencies so many by the way you cannot get a number on how many agencies there are trust me I've looked a lot there's upwards of a thousand different government agencies and the problem is each one of these agencies has the ability to create regulations. And those are laws, by the way. Yep. Regulations are laws. Same thing. And the problem is Congress has delegated its authority to these federal agencies. That way they don't ever have to look like the bad guy ever. That way they can stay in office for 30 years and not have to worry about anything. So instead, they just put all of the lawmaking ability on these federal agencies and they write regulations that control everything. They literally control. If you guys think that we have a free market economy, <coughs> we don't. That yeah, is you're out of your mind. Ridiculous. No market that we have is free. They are all completely regulated by the government at all times. At all times. You can't really have a free market with all of these agencies. And the problem is we did not vote these people in the power. Um, but they are creating things that affect our daily lives. They're just unelected bureaucrats. Unelected bureaucrats. And here's what happens. Like, for instance, the EPA, right? If you've got a puddle in your yard that has standing water on it, and you decide to fill that thing in without getting EPA approval, the EPA can come in and be like, ah, shouldn't have filled that puddle. We're going to fine you. Yeah. Now, when you challenge the EPA, you don't go to a regular court. No. You go to an EPA administrative court and then that judge, which wasn't elected either and was appointed by the EPA, probably uh, almost every time they side with the agency. And then they're going to be like, yeah, you have to pay this fine. Now, the EPA can't necessarily put you in jail, but what they can do with their regulations is like I said, they take you to an administrative court. Then you have a court order that says that you have to pay this fine because it almost always holds up. And if you don't pay that fine, then you go to a cage. Can you not just file bankruptcy? No. No. Nope. You not can't. against the government. You can't. You can't file bankruptcy against the government. You can only do that against it's corporations. Completely unbelievable. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so, And so that's the problem with these thousand government agencies that we have that you can't even name off. You ever seen the movie Shooter? I have, yeah. Yeah, so you know when uh, he was like, how did we get a, how did we get that reverse asthmath uh, in, in 22 minutes? Like, we work for the government, we're not, we're not that good. And she names yeah. off, she was like, well, the FBI, or the, no, they work for the FBI, but she's like, um, when she starts talking about the CIA and the DEA, and she's like, agencies without even, with, that don't even have initials. It's like, <laughs> that's actually true. You know, there's agencies out there that don't have initials. We have no idea what they do. We have no idea what their regulations are. But by God, you'll find out if you violate one of them. Man, anytime I think of Shooter, I think about one of my my favorite parts is when they're talking to the old guy, you know, the, the old Shooter. Uh-huh. And uh, he's talking about these people that are buried, you know, out somewhere. And he's That's like, how do, you, lingua. How, do you, how do you know that? <laughs> still got the shovel. I still got the shovel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. That's a good one. That's one of those just turn it on movies and just, you know, just let it play. I can actually do that whole entire scene with yeah. the old man. You can. I've heard you do it before. It's, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. So good. So so on Constitution Day, what is the Constitution? Well, it's made up of a preamble, as we 
quoted for you. Then there's Article 1, 2, and 3, and Article 1 is Congress's powers. Enumerated powers, mind you, it's what they're allowed to do. It's what the federal government is allowed to do, although they've gone way beyond that. Article 2 is the executive powers, is what the executive branch is allowed to do, although they've gone way beyond that. Article 3 denotes the C, the judicial branch, which is basically the Supreme Court and the federal judges and what they're allowed to do, and they've gone way beyond that. Don't even get me started on the Supreme Court. Oh, man. Supremes. Our, our idea of the Supreme Court is so backwards to what it was supposed to what it was supposed to be mm-hmm. just let me ask you this let me let me let me ask you this would the founding I thought fathers you weren't gonna get started i'm this is my not even getting started okay. this is just my pre-conversation for the supreme court answer this question would the founding fathers and everything that they did to limit the power of government to make sure that people had all the rights possible to try and stop the rise of tyranny in every way that they could would they have created a branch of government that could basically do anything that they want at all when it comes to law that affects your life? I don't think so. No, no, they wouldn't have. That's why the Supreme Court, when they have a decision, it's really just an opinion. And what that opinion means is the government can choose to enforce or choose not to enforce that law. Or they can choose to take it off the books. All they're supposed to do is vote, say, this is not constitutional. And then the people are supposed to go back and vote next time around and say, I'm removing you freaking guys to put that unconstitutional crap in a law. Mm -hmm. We're taking you out because the Supreme Court said it's unconstitutional. That's their opinion on the matter. And I'm going to get rid of you guys. And also the president, you chose to continue enforcing this law that the Supreme Court said was unconstitutional. So I'm going to take you out, too. That's all they're supposed to do. And the states don't have to listen to it. When they issue an opinion, that's all it is. It's an opinion. Nothing changes after that. it can only be an opinion on matters which are made federal. Yeah. But that's just... That's all it is. That's all that changes. They the can't only change words and be like, "Oh, well, a fee is now a tax." Yeah, and they They're... can't. Yeah, they can't make laws no. either. They cannot remove or make laws. They can only say whether or not those laws are in adherence to the Constitution. When they issue an opinion, nothing happens other than there is this big document saying what their opinion is. That's all that happens. Scalia had an amazing dissent on the Obamacare law when he talked about the Supreme Court being an oligarchy of nine lawyers. You know, nine fancy lawyers, because that's what when you have a group of people that decide everything, then that's an oligarchy. Yeah. And so he made a joke um, in his dissent, a scathing dissent. Um, If you don't know what a dissent is, by the way, when the Supreme (laughs) Court issues opinions, um, not everybody agrees on the Supreme Court with that opinion. So if you don't agree, typically you write a dissent. So you dissent from the uh, court's opinion. And when it came to Obamacare, and then they actually changed the definition of words. It's an amazing dissent, if you go back and read the late Scalia's dissent on that opinion, when they actually changed the definition of a fee to a tax. Mm. Because if you didn't have health insurance, they could fine you. Yeah. Which yeah. is illegal, That's... by the way. <laughs> it goes it's completely against the Constitution. Oh, so anyway, I, I was, hope we uh, I hope we start paying attention to it at some point in time. I mean, we didn't even get into the Fourth Amendment, and mm-mm. we could do a whole week. Watch on this that. great interview on, with Edward Snowden this morning. I'll put a link to it in the in the show notes. You should great interview with Edward Snowden. He's got a book coming out, right? It's out. It's I out. Just downloaded it. Book's out. It's awesome. Is it in Russian? No. No. Okay. No. So far, I mean, I'm listening to it. So far, it's not in Russian. Uh, okay. I'll give you the title of it here in just a second. Edward Snowden is having the hideout in Russia right now mm-hmm. because here's what he did: the federal government was doing something completely overstepping its power and illegal, sp- illegal, spying on Criminal. the American people who had a natural right to privacy. By the way, and the Constitution said that the government could not impede on that right to privacy. And they have been and still are collecting your phone calls, your emails, your text messages, yeah. your messages you send on Facebook, so all he, of that. What he did, collecting all of that information. What he did was he took all this information and he gave it to a reporter, basically. That's what to he some did. Journalists. Yep. To, just to some journalists. And let the American people know that their government was spying on them illegally. 
Mm-hmm. So th- other think, countries too, I think, like Great uh, United yeah. Kingdom and stuff. That was the thing. Like we, who we have, uh, Angela Merkel's cell phone was tapped at one point in time. You know, we were, we were, <laughs> we were uh, listening to her phone calls too. I'm sure she was real happy about that. But anyway, thank you to Snowden for doing that. The problem is now he's wanted for treason. He's having to hide out in Russia, of all places. He can't go anywhere because he'll end up getting sent back to the United States, and he could be put to death for telling us that the government was doing something illegal. You know, it's crazy in this interview, they were talking about how he swore an oath to secrecy and he actually clarified and said, uh, no, there was an agreement to secrecy, but he actually, when he went to the CIA, he took an oath, uh, to up to protect and defend the constitution against all enemies, against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Yeah. So your federal government collecting your private information, that is a domestic enemy. Yeah. By the way. So he said his oath to secrecy was superseded by the fact that he had taken an oath to basically make to protect us against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And this was the domestic. So that oath superseded whatever oath he had taken to secrecy on whatever project he was on. Right. So and people were like and he made it very clear. And I've this is actually really interesting because. A lot of people say, oh, well, he, you know, put American lives in danger and did all this. And he's like, where's the evidence? Can you show me any evidence whatsoever that a single hair on a person's head was harmed because of the information that was published? Yeah. And he's like, I didn't even publish anything. Yeah. I didn't publish anything. I let reputable, reputable journalists decide for themselves what was uh, appropriate to share. Yeah. So technically it was the journalist who, sh- who published yeah. it. You know, he didn't have, he didn't have Arrest his own, them. <laughs> he didn't have his own news site or anything no. like that that he posted it on. No. He, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you see this, I mean, obviously Julian Assange, they're trying to, you know, he's in custody actually. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So they're obviously going to make an example out of him. And th- there've been other whistleblowers and people who have trying to do this in the past when the government has completely overstepped their bounds and they've broken the law, which by the way, the constitution is a law. So it's the Supreme law. Yeah. And you had James Clapper. I get so angry about this because if you lie to the government, you get put in prison. But you had James Clapper, who was the director of the NSA go before Congress and was asked very specifically, are you collecting data or, or phone records or emails on the American public? And he looked at everyone in the eye into the camera and blatantly said, no, which was a complete lie. And not only did he not go to prison for that, but he got to keep his job. I'm sure he for lost a while. I'm sure he lost in the next election, right? He's not elected. Oh man, crap. He's a <laughs> bureaucrat unelected at a federal agency. Dang yeah. it. Okay. And so so this is all done through the Patriot Act, by the way, and now it's the Freedom Act or whatever. They yeah. just keep increasing their power. And they have these secret courts called the FISA courts, you know, they so that when they go and get a warrant, it's a secret warrant. Now there is some utility to there being some secrecy with yeah. inside the government, obviously, right? Like you can't, you know, you can't just say out loud, like, hey, we're going to strategic, strategically attack one of our enemies. Yeah. Um, so there is some, 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 what would you say, utility in having uh, some classified information, but collecting everyone's records is not. There's no government purpose for that. Yeah. Other than power and control. Yeah. And that's what's absolutely backwards and asinine about this. Well, on that happy note, um, <laughs> we'll, uh, now I'm going to have a hard time celebrating Constitution Day with all that unhappy well, mess. Maybe if we would have lived 200 years ago, we'd be happy today. I guess so. Well, I don't know. I'd probably way better quality of life right now, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. Even with the Constitution in its shambles. It's (laughs) still better. Still a great time to be alive. It's still better. But, guys, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. you got to subscribe to this podcast. Listen, you need to go... Charlie, we need to see if they can print some shirts like this. But at at goodmorningliberty.us slash shop, they've got these great, great t-shirts that say, Shall Not Be Infringed on there. So we should also make a new one. They should also make a new one that says Congress shall make no law. Also, I think that's a really, Mm -hmm. that's a really good one too. So they've got these great shirts and you know, when you go out in public, 
you don't want to just go around starting fights with people, but you'd like them to know what your political stance is when you go in public. It's a really important message anyway. Taxation is theft, shall not be infringed, capitalism is greater than socialism. All these things are really important messages for people to see without you just going around talking about it like you're some person that's doing CrossFit veganism or something like that. You know, just telling <laughs> everyone about it in the first minute you meet them. So, you know, just go around wearing these beautiful, soft, great feeling, high quality shirts from this reputable seller. Good maybe morning. somebody can ask you a question. Yeah. They, they see can, that and they're like, well, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean? Shall not be infringed. What are you talking about? Taxation what is theft. That? What does that mean? How is taxation theft? And then you have this great conversation that pops up and you end up saving humanity. Yes. That's what you can do with these shirts. That's how you defeat communists. You can save the lives of, of our future children. Now, where do I find this shirt? Oh, you need to go to Good Morning Liberty. Dot us slash shop. Actually, you know what would be even better is if you just went to gmlconnect.com. That's way easier to type in, I found. Mm-hmm. Less letters. So gmlconnect.com, and you'll have the link right there to the merch store, and that's going to take you to all these wonderful shirts. We got coffee mugs. We got stickers. We got all those great things on that merch store. So do all that stuff. Follow us on Instagram at Good Morning Liberty on Twitter at Good AM Liberty. Look us up on Facebook, Good Morning Liberty. Go to goodmorningliberty.us <coughs> and read some great articles on politics and economics. There's also Liz Lies and BernieLies.com. Both for, of those. I keep forgetting about those sites. LizLies.com, BernieLies.com. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors, Good Morning Liberty, for sponsoring the Good Morning Liberty <laughs> podcast. We just can't thank them enough and all they do for us. Uh, go check them out. I'm serious. Nate gave you a great link. GML, which stands for Good Morning Liberty. GMLConnect.com. There's a shop button on there. Click that. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and a motherfucking review. <laughs> Five stars if you think the show's worth it. Uh, there's still a promo code, by the way, for those t-shirts. Oh, yeah. I if you're, about if that. you're listening. Use, a, use the promo code PODCAST. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That is how I spell it, too. Podcast. Yeah, that'll give you 20% off on the merch store. 20% off. You can't beat it. Man, that's... just can't beat it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think we're out of time, so uh, we hope you guys have a good day and a good morning. Liberty!